the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Russia captures its first city in Ukraine. Using other munitions that are going to have a high civilian lethal come. That's what worries me. Fallout from President Biden's first State of the Union. He, he's failing to, to say that American energy is the solution to pushing back on Putin. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says the U.S. needs new economic thinking. We address threats to our economic growth like climate change. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, March 3rd. I'm Mike Scott. Kyrgyzstan is fallen. Russia took control of its first city in Ukraine Wednesday, a week after the invasion began. The New York Times reports that Kherson is now under Russian control as the city was surrounded earlier in the day. The mayor of that city of 300,000 confirmed in an interview with the Times that the city was surrounded and the Ukraine army was not in the area. Ukraine's emergency service is reporting that the Russian invasion of Ukraine has killed more than 2,000 Ukraine civilians destroying hundreds of structures, including transport facilities, hospitals, kindergartens, and homes. Adding to the crisis, the U.N. reports one million refugees have fled across the borders of Ukraine since Russian forces invaded a week ago. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. is documenting potential Russian attacks on civilians in Ukraine. One of Russia's methods of war Uh, is to be absolutely brutal in trying to cow the citizenry uh, of, um, of the given country. The Secretary of State also says that the human toll of Russia's invasion is staggering. Russian strikes are hitting schools, hospitals, residences. They're destroying critical infrastructure, which supplies millions of people across Ukraine with drinking water, with electricity, with gas to keep from freezing to death. Blinken says that Russia must pull back to open a path for diplomacy. We, of course, uh, remain open to pursuing any uh, reasonable path, but it's very hard to see any path when the bombs are dropping, uh, the planes are flying, the tanks are rolling. Meanwhile, at a news conference, Indiana Congresswoman Victoria Sparts, a Ukrainian native, says she's hearing horror stories from those inside Ukraine. Kids are... Scared to death. They're just killing us like we are animals. It's awful. This is criminal. These people cannot get away with that. Former Republican Congressman Mike Rogers from Michigan joined the morning answer with Jen and Grant to discuss the latest developments in Ukraine. With the reports of 2,000 civilians being killed, Rogers is concerned about what comes next from Vladimir Putin. You think about all the munitions that they're going to start sending. So a lot of their provi- uh, you know, very accurate 
strike munitions, precision uh, munitions, have been used. And so what's going to happen is they're going to just start artillerying and, and using other munitions that are going to have a high civilian lethal count. That's what worries me about what the next phase is. While there are some who question why Putin is doing this, Roger says look no further than his speech. And I would hi- highly recommend if you have listeners that are just interested, look up his uh, English version of his speech that he gave to Parliament. He lays out, it's, and it's not a this is not a military document. This is a passionate plea about why Ukraine should really be a part uh, of Russia and why other countries that were in the, the sphere of the Soviet Union should be back back into Russia. It's a personal, passionate thing for him. And sometimes that gets ahead of anything that we would all look at and say, that's not logical. Why are you doing this? Well, guess what? I, he's clearly past that. And I think he's going to kill a lot of people to prove this point. Roger says that Putin has an eye on the Baltic states as well. Matter of fact, if, and I, I talk to these folks frequently, Lithuania, Estonia, uh, Latvia, they know that they may be next. They're mm-hmm. small. They can't really defend themselves against a military the size of, of Russia's on their own. Now, they are NATO countries, but he's made a passionate plea about ethnic-speaking uh, Russians in those countries have a right to to be free, you know, and he's he makes this in a, and he he looks himself in the mirror and doesn't even grin, right? So he believes that the former congressman also points out what the Biden administration should have done differently. What I think the Biden administration was to make a horrible mistake, and part of it is they they don't seem they can make a decision in any period of time that resembles real speed, is that we should have prepped the Ukrainians far better far quicker. Once you saw all of the troop movements toward the border, that was the signal to say, okay, they need these defensive weapons. And I argued they should have done it even sooner. But okay, that that at least was an indicator. And then, of course, the administration ran around saying, oh, my God, they're going to be invaded. They're going to be invaded. They're going to be invaded. And in the meantime, didn't send them the kinds of things that they needed to protect themselves and defend themselves. Fallout from President Biden's State of the Union address. GOP officials elected across the country are criticizing President Biden over his energy policies and urging his administration to do more to ramp up domestic production to help wean the nation and its allies off oil from Russia. The ranking Republican on the House Energy and Commerce Committee, Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington State, Join the Salem Radio Network to talk about problems with the president's address. Well, I was overall greatly disappointed. Uh, it wasn't very inspiring, and it, it fell flat on the floor. Clearly, the, the president just doubled down on his socialist agenda. McMorris Rogers says that President Biden didn't mention energy production in his State of the Union address. At the beginning, it was, it was good that he spent time talking about Ukraine and the importance of us standing by Ukraine. But still, he, he's failing to, to, to say that American energy is the solution to pushing back on Putin. And we all know that Putin's economy, Russia's economy, is entirely dependent upon, it's dependent upon energy production and exports. McMorris Rogers also tells the Hugh Hewitt Show that President Biden hurt U.S. chances of hurting the Russian economy. And our greatest weapon, against Putin and his aggression right now in Ukraine and the funding of his military through energy would be for us to unleash American energy, for us to flip the switch. And he is, he is, re, he is completely 
our efforts to put energy on the table. McMorris Rogers goes on to say that President Biden should not be buying fuel from Russia. I completely agree. We should not be we should not be buying a single barrel of oil from Russia right now. And we currently purchasing today, we are purchasing 11 percent of our crude oil from Russia. And it's coming in through Massachusetts, who won't allow any pipelines to be built into Massachusetts to deliver domestic oil and gas. It's coming in through Washington State and California. Breaking late Wednesday night, the January 6th Select Committee says evidence has shown them that then-President Donald Trump and his campaign tried to illegally obstruct Congress's counting of electoral votes and, quote, engaged in a criminal conspiracy to defraud the United States, end quote. In its findings, the committee suggested that its evidence supported findings that Trump himself violated multiple laws by attempting to prevent Congress from certifying his defeat. Meanwhile, Joshua James, an Alabama man affiliated with the Oath Keepers Militia Group, pleaded guilty Wednesday to seditious conspiracy for his actions leading up and through the January 6th rioting, marking the first person involved in the Capitol incident to be convicted of the rarely used charge. Daybreak Insider's Mike Gracia has breaking details on this developing story. An Alabama man affiliated with the Oath Keepers Militia Group pleaded guilty Wednesday to the rarely used charge of seditious conspiracy for his actions leading to and during the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. 34-year-old Joshua A. James from Arab, Alabama also pleaded guilty to a charge of obstruction of an official proceeding. James acknowledged getting into a physical altercation with a police officer while inside the Capitol and to being party to a plan to use force to hinder or delay the transfer of presidential power. James has also agreed to cooperate with authorities investigating the riot, including testifying before a grand jury. The sentencing guideline is estimated to be seven and a quarter to nine years in prison. Mike Gracia, Washington. Back to normal. It's time for America to stop letting the coronavirus dictate how we live. The White House declared on Wednesday and outlined a strategy to allow people to return to many normal activities safely after two years of pandemic disruptions. White House Virus Response Coordinator Jeff Zients says the new plan provides a path for Americans to regain some normalcy. Going out to eat at a restaurant, taking that trip that's been long delayed, arranging a play date for your kids, attending a sports game, a movie or a concert again. Zion says the test to treat initiative will allow people to get tested, then immediately receive treatment if they're positive. Hundreds of one-stop sites will open across the country this month, located at local pharmacy clinics, community health centers, long-term care facilities, and veterans health centers. A crackdown on oligarchs. While the White House announced it would put together a task force aimed at freezing the assets of Russian oligarchs, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen used a visit to Chicago Wednesday to spotlight the Biden administration's determination to strip them of their wealth in response to Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Russia is increasingly on an economic island 
We have also made it a priority to go after oligarchs or Russian elites who are key to President Putin's corrupt power. Yellen also says that sanctions are working in Russia. 80% of its banking assets are now under Treasury restrictions. And between Sunday and Monday morning, we, along with our allies, immobilized half the assets in Russia's central bank. The Treasury Secretary also had praise for the U.S. economy, bouncing back after dealing with a two-year pandemic. By most traditional metrics, the pace of the U.S.'s current recovery has exceeded even the most optimistic expectations. Last year, our economy grew at its fastest rate in 40 years. Unemployment is now at 3.9 percent. That's the sharpest one-year drop in the rate ever. Looking ahead, Yellen says that the U.S. needs to rethink our economy in ways that will address future crises. This new economic thinking also ensures we address threats to our economic growth like climate change. And it embraces targeted investments in communities that have long suffered from underinvestment while addressing racial inequities that have plagued our economy for too long. Yellen also believes that the future of the U.S. economy won't break the bank. We can do all of this in a fiscally responsible way. We don't have to choose between a growing economy and a fair tax code that asks the wealthy and corporations to pay their fair share. We can and we must do both. However, in another part of the economy, rates will rise. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said that he supports a traditional quarter-point increase in the Reserve's benchmark short-term interest rate when the Fed meets later this month. Powell confirms interest rates will go up. I do think it will be appropriate to raise our target range for the federal funds rate at the March meeting in a couple of weeks, and I'm inclined to propose and support a 25 basis point rate hike. The Fed chair says he knows consumer prices have increased far above the Fed's target, which is why it will increase rates, which he says will bring down inflation. We understand that high inflation imposes significant hardship, especially on those least able to meet the higher costs of essentials like food, housing, and transportation. We know that the best thing we can do to support a strong labor market is to promote a long expansion, and that is only possible in an environment of price stability. The Federal Reserve Chair says right now the Fed funds rate is still set close to zero, and it's appropriate to raise that rate over the course of the year. So what will happen then over time is demand will moderate as interest rates get into the economy over time, and these annual price increases in everything uh, th th where prices are going up will moderate as well. That is how it, is, how it has always worked with, with interest rates. And finally, the moon is about to get walloped by three tons of space junk, a punch that will carve out a crater that could fit several semi-tractor trailers. The leftover rocket will smash into the far side of the moon at about 5,800 miles an hour on Friday, away from telescopes' prying eyes. Scientists expect the object to carve out a hole 33 feet to 66 feet across and send moon dust 
flying hundreds of miles across the barren, pockmarked surface. University of Buffalo professor John Crisides says it's really nothing to worry about. NASA did a mission before where they intentionally hit a rocket onto the moon and got the plume off the moon to study if there was water, and they actually did find, find that out. So they've done this before. This is the first unintentional one. Crisides says while a rocket hitting the moon is not a problem now, it will be in 50 or 100 years when there are bases on the moon. We're not at a huge problem right now, but if we don't do anything in the next decade, a couple decades, I think it's going to get a lot worse. Certainly in 50 years, if we don't do something, it's going to be a huge problem. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.